in to Jackman Radio. Been a little while since we've done a podcast. Eric Jackman here with my brother Mike Jackman. How you feeling, Mike? I feel great, Brian. I feel great. God, it's been it's been whirlwind the last uh, couple. I don't know, two or three weeks. I think we did like Halloween. It was like a Halloween episode, our last thing. Yeah, we did one probably the like third week of October. It's been almost a month since we've done I'm going to look one. it up. It was uh, it's October been 17th. Busy. It's been exactly a month, Mike. It's been a month, yeah. Yeah, today's uh, <laughs> November 17th. The last one was October 17th. And uh, since then, we've hit a milestone. We've uh, hit over 10,000 downloads on Jackman Radio, which is cool. You know, it's pretty exciting. We have, we don't do any paid advertising. It's just an organic, whatever, share, word of mouth kind of thing. We've done over 2,000, so that's great, Mike. Yeah, that's very exciting. Thank you to all the listeners out there and everybody who finds what we do to be interesting and entertaining and um, worthwhile. We appreciate that. There's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of podcasts that suck, a lot of podcasts <laughs> that are great. Hopefully... Yeah. We're somewhere in the middle. If you're still <laughs> he's like, listening. Just, he's like, I just hope you didn't think it sucked. Yeah, Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah, is that one or two? That's the first one. Fish sticks. Yeah, I think that's when they have Rob Lowe. They so have funny. Rob Lowe down there, fresh off the, the sex tape scandal with the underage girl. What did he learn, Mike? Hey, reha- I've learned that good looks, a nice car, and money can get you far, almost to the top. But it can't get you everything. I've learned that plutonic love can exist between two full-grown men. <laughs> and they don't make movies like Wayne's World anymore. Those are, That's required watching once a year. I was about to say, man, we're, we're due up to watch those. That was really cool when we met Ralph Brown, who played Del Preston in Wayne's World too. We were just hanging out with him for 15 minutes at Rhode Island Comic-Con. Just you, Hinkley, Oh, no, just you and me. Oh, was Hinkley there? Hinkley was like meeting one of the Power Rangers, or uh, he was off doing something Some else. kind of – some Rick and Morty – Cult figure, yeah, some Rick and Morty. So we went shit. up. We went up to Ralph Brown's table, and he plays uh, Del Preston in Wayne's World Two, and he's also in um, Dill, the tranny movie, um, the, crying the Crying Game. Game. He's the first boyfriend of Dill in the Crying Game. Right, and then he's also in a Star Wars movie, right? Phantom Menace as a pilot. Yes. So the dude's been in some things. Oh yeah. Oh no, he, Ralph. He was also in Stoker. That movie oh. that came out, uh, he played the sheriff that gets with, killed. At the with uh, with uh, Matrix, uh, with Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder? No, that's Bram Stoker's oh. Dracula from the early 90s. Oh, you're talking about... No, I'm talking about that movie with, with, with the young girl who plays the niece of, of the homicidal oh, uh, me- mentally, mental patient that escaped. The Wentworth yeah. Miller wrote? Nicole, yeah, Nicole Kidman's in it. Oh, geez. She's not an MK Ultra survivor. Australia MK Ultra uh, Beta Kitty from Anthony Kidman, who was a God man. We'd have to we'd have to find the expert on research on him and do a podcast with whoever that person is. I would just say that he died as an accused man. That's all I'm going to say. Right. That's all really I can say. You know why? Because I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But I know that Stanley Kubrick put Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman through the ringer for Eyes Wide Shut. They had them film that movie. Yeah, we just watched Jay, Jay Dyer and Jay Widener, their Hollywood Decoded series. If you have um, Amazon, check out uh, the Gaia, G-A-I-A. It's like New Age crystals and Marion Williamson kind of shit on Amazon. But it's a, there's actually a lot of good stuff on there, Mike, on the Gaia. You could find David Icke on there. 
Ike's on there. Yeah, Jay Dyer's on fucking, there. Fucking crystals and lizard people. You can find it on there. But um, Jay Dyer and Jay Widener do a great series called Hollywood Decoded. And Jay Dyer has done amazing research and reading and writing and um, looking into all this shit about Hollywood and the connections to the Illuminati and mind control and fucking Nazis and propaganda and Satanism and propaganda and Crowley. Hollywood esoteric. Yeah, it's all there. And and I hope we can get Jay Dyer on the podcast uh, for a guest. I would love to have Jay Dyer on. I want to read his books and I want to have him on. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Absolutely. So we had the 2020 election and, you know, a lot of folks have been messaging us to weigh in on it, to do a podcast about it, um, to talk about it. Uh, At this point now on November 17th, you know, almost 10 p.m. Eastern time, Donald Trump has still not officially conceded. The thing has not legally been certified. It's been called by the AP, by most, you know, rational, sane thinking people for Joe Biden. So my personal take is that, yes, Joe Biden won. It's going for Joe Biden, and he's going to be sworn in in January. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, (laughs) my friends in the MAGA world, all the people that I text with and talk to who are, like, (laughs) holding out absolute hope that this thing's going to go to the courts, it's going to hit the Supreme Court, and Clarence Thomas is the Kraken. That's that's the uh, trust the pl- the new trust the plan is released the kraken. That's the new meme. I'm reading it on Twitter. I'm hearing it from all my CAG friends. Um, all the memes out there are su- seeming to suggest that based Clarence Thomas Pepe, based Clarence Thomas Pepe has a. When was he confirmed? What year was that? Ninety. Was it ninety one or ninety two when Biden gonna, was in the Senate? I'm gonna look. Was H W Bush president? I'm going to look it up. Because if it was, it had to have been 1990 or 91. I'm just going off the top of my head. Thomas confirmed to the Senate. uh, He's okay. He assumed office October 23rd, 1991, nominated by H.W. Bush. He's the associate justice of the Supreme Court. Um, Let me just look at what that date was. That was like the Anita Hill testimony, right? Uh, Yeah, it was Anita Hill and Biden. Biden was on there. So this is when uh, William Brennan retired from the Supreme Court. Thomas was President H.W. Bush's favorite among the five candidates on the short list, you know, whoever the Federalist Society told him to nominate. I love how Joe Biden's been given the clean slate by a lot of people. Now he's coming in. He's coming in as president, dude. Like everything he's done since 1972 and oh, clean his, slate. Eight years, his eight years as vice president. Sure. Um, all his foreign policy decisions, the crime bill, um, everything he's done, uh, the graft with the with, with the you know foundations, like complete clean slate, dude. Oh, he's a transformative figure. Gr- you mean grifting off of Bo Biden's cancer death and starting a foundation where they raised several million dollars and it went didn't go at all to cancer research or advocacy or re- or anything, and it went towards paying salaries. That's real. People can look, can research that. Ryan Dawson's done great, great work on that. So Clarence Thomas's formal confirmation hearings began on September 10th, 1991. Yeah, Poppy Bush was president. And the Judiciary Committee voted 13 to 1 on September 27th to send the nomination to the Senate. Uh, so, yeah, it was, you're right, Mike, it was 91, Poppy Bush. Right, so so basically, what what these people, what they're saying, the Trump supporters are saying, like, if it goes to the Supreme Court, like Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, his new his new one, uh, Coney Barrett, based um, 
um, Clarence Thomas are going to have his back, like on on a on a a two thousand type decision, like it was. I don't know. I don't think it's like two thousand. No. You're looking at like millions and millions of votes that would have to be changed. Uh, Christ, I don't know, right. man. I, I just Georgia, think he... North Carolina, Arizona, Florida. Well, no, he won Florida, right? Yeah. Either you totally trust that our American institutions of democracy can work and not be perfect, but still deliver the result, which is aligns with reality, or you don't. And Trump and the MAGA world have been great at fomenting chaos and doubt into those institutions. Well, my take on is, is this, and this is what I said. I said this on Facebook. I posted about it and I, and I said, and I believe the same thing that I did four years ago. Um, Donald Trump won. He did not win the popular vote in 2016, but he, he won enough electoral college votes to become the president. And he won and he, and he was president. And this is what I said to everybody who thought the world ended and their fucking lives are over and, Everything was going to be horrible and there's going to be acid coming down from the skies and all their rights were going to be taken away. I said, give it four years and you have a chance at the ballot box to do something different. And after, after it was called for Biden, uh, you know, over a week ago, Saturday, the uh, what yeah. of November, Saturday, the fucking like 14th of November. No, maybe even the 7th, Saturday, the 7th of November was called for Biden. Here's, here's, here's what I got to say to Trump MAGA world. Okay. There's half the people are happy. Half the people are mad. There's jubilation. There's hatred. There's sadness. There's distrust. You know, there's all of that bullshit, but you know what? You're going to be fine. You're going to survive. America is intact. We wake up the next morning. We have to go to work. We have to do our jobs. We have to obey the laws. We have to pay taxes. We have to keep living in a country of over 330 million people and figure out a fucking way to make it work. We did it four years ago. We're going to do it now. Okay. Am I, am I excited or happy about Joe Biden? Fuck no. I'm not happy about Joe Biden. Okay. I'm not happy that we're at the point now where we have to decide between two people and they, they, they usually suck. They're both corrupt. They're both from a mafia. So it's like, which mafia do you pick? Because the third parties don't stand a chance. That's a fucking bankrupt false narrative that I don't buy into anymore. I did for probably three elections. But I don't buy into that narrative anymore. There's, there, there's no third party that's ever going to rise in America. You got Coke, you got Pepsi. So where do you want to move the needle? Sometimes the needle moves a little, quote unquote, right. Sometimes it moves a little bit, quote unquote, left. So fucking deal with it. Otherwise, fuck off. Well, it's like uh, very well said, Mike. Wolf of Wall Street, the meme of Trump accepting defeat. What is it, Mike? I'm not going. I ain't leaving. He's like, fuck you. I ain't fucking leaving. Yeah. So do you think the king, so the king's not going to, he hasn't conceded Eric as of November 17th. Do you think, do you, I, I think it's going to be a thing where he won't publicly concede, but he will actually like follow what the so-called traditions say. He, he may not in fact show up to Biden's inauguration. The dude is so vain and so over the top that he would not show up to Biden's inauguration. And you know what? There would be, I mean, okay. So he got how many, what 70, let me look at the number. What's the number of votes he got this year? Trump. Yeah. Trump got 73 million votes and Biden got 78 million as of the quote unquote, most recent count. 
which you can check on. Something rough like looking right here. Okay. So Biden got 79.1 million. The Sultan got 73.4 million. So you're like, dude, that's That's a a huge turnout. That's an, that's an awesome turnout. And I got to give props to both terrible candidates for your major parties, bringing out that many people to vote for fucking horrible candidates. But, um, so that means, Mike, you're going to look at, I mean, in those, okay, so out of the 73.4 million people who voted for the Sultan, how many of them, like, well, hang on is every word, Mike? What's the percentage of that? You know what Probably I mean? Probably a good amount. Yeah. Probably a decent amount. I don't know, half? Even <sighs> if half, 60% of that, he forms Trump TV or some kind of, he buys uh, Newsmax or whatever he does for the next four so, years. Right, so I don't he think has an he- audience doing I don't think he shows up for the inauguration, um, but I think after all of these court cases do finally get thrown out by the states because they're not really finding proof of fraud and, and all this stuff, which, of course, you know, our, our, our uh, MAGA faithful friends are like, no, the proof's coming. It's going to be there. Dude, if they had Sydney it. Powell, Sydney Powell has it. Sydney Powell. Who the fuck is she? Mike Flynn's lawyer? Who was she before that? You know? everything's going to hinge on her word and what she says and who she is, you know, but, um, so I think it's over. It's over. Biden won. He's, he's president elect. Kamala's going to be vice president. And, uh, it's our, we're already seeing, he's going to stack his administration with warmongers, wall street whores, banksters, lobbyists, you know, the same shit, the same old tired, neoliberal shit that they try and put a nice veneer and shine on and say is great. And then where's Bernie Sanders and Liz Warren and Marion Williamson and Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard. Are they going to get anything in the Biden administration? I don't think they're going to get jack shit. I think everybody who thinks that they're going to somehow move Biden to the left should read uh, Caitlin Johnstone's article um, called imperialism and pumps, you know, mil- militarism and us women. We're talking about gender equality we're talking about women who can be just as great warmongers as men. And I'm, I'm all for gender equality. And I, so I want everybody who really just posts about that nonstop and that's all they care about. That's all they think about. That's all they can ever, you know, post about, you know, just, just read into what Caitlin Johnstone has to say. So go to CaitlinJohnstone.com, read the article imperialism and pumps. I'll put up a link for it. I'm not even going to get into it right now about, Susan Rice and uh, about the, the intersection, intersectional cabinet of mass murderers that's being assembled for Joe Biden. I think it's incredible. It is totally incredible. So read that. And, uh, you know, I, we'd love to know what you think about it. We'd love to know what you think about it, you know? So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. To, and I think Biden is, you know, he's coming in there in January of 2021 um, he doesn't have a clear uh, mandate or really that many, you know, that, that much majority of Americans that really are going to support him. So it's going to be tough for him to get anything done through Congress. I mean, I hope they can get health care. I hope they can do something like that. I would like to see health care for all. You know, I want, I want, I want my mother to, to have health care. I like the rest of our country who can't afford it or are struggling or who are elderly or, or disabled or whatever their problem is to have health care. We have so much money for bombs. We have so much money for war. We have money to spy on people. We have money to, to have our military and, and, you know, 190 countries plus around the world. Do we not have money for health care? 
and we're, we're and this is still going to be an issue going forward the next four years. I love that all, all like these people who are just going to go to sleep. They're going to go to sleep because Biden won. Just like the anti-war movement died when Obama got in there, and then he expanded two wars to seven wars. He turned Syria and Libya into slave states. Him and him and Biden turned those two countries into slave states. They upped the troop levels in Afghanistan. They expanded the bombing campaigns, the drone bombings, the prosecution of whistleblowers. So someone has to tell the truth about that during the Biden administration. I'm going to keep talking about it. There has to be, there's going to be a check on it, Mike. And yeah, no matter who's in office. Right. Oh, it makes you feel good. Are the, are the, the drone bombs going to be covered in like a pink rainbow flag, like an intersectional flag? Yeah, they are. Like a, a nice BLM flag from there's brunch. A, there's a nice, Harris. there's a nice meme of, uh, you know, a couple of people in Yemen about to be drone bombed. They said, Oh my God, a woman's going to drop these bombs. Now we've made big progress. Huge, huge progress. The we've bombs advancements. are kinder and gentler. No, we're going to keep, sto- we're going to keep talking about that, Mike. We're not going to give them a pass. I'm going to keep talking about it the same way I have been the last 16 years. And if people don't like that, they don't have to listen to it. Yeah, um, exactly. What do you think about him coming back in 2024 as the new Grover Cleveland? We need it. We need modern day Cleveland, Mike. We need a modern day Grover Cleveland. That was what, the 1880s or 90s, Mike? When was that? It was a long time ago. I mean, Adlai Stevenson one was his VP. Oh, That's all my, I really know about it. Oh I know that God. He, he served a term and then he lost re-election and then he came back four years later and he won. And he was a Democrat. So Who did he lose to? So Trump Trump is going to be like the, like the modern-day Grover Cleveland of the Republican Party. Or really, actually, when you look at Richard Nixon. So, so Nixon, Nixon served as vice president from, uh, what, 52 to 60? He was Ike's VP. Well, he was elected in 52 under Ike. Right. He, yeah. So 53 to 61. Yeah, and then Kennedy came in with Lyndon Johnson, and Lyndon Johnson fucking Kennedy ducked, beat him in the Lyndon 60 Johnson election. Ducked and covered in Dilly Plaza. Right, so Nixon was defeated in the 1960 election. He came back in 68 after they snuffed out RFK, and they, they cucked out McCarthy and uh, Humphrey or whoever was running as their anti-war candidate. Uh, Nixon was law and order. He won. Nixon became president in 1968. Wow. After 1960, he said, you won't have... You won't have Nixon to kick around anymore. He came back, dude, and he won. So, so for people who don't think that Donald Trump couldn't come back, <laughs> I know. dude, I'm telling you right now, man, I don't see any Republican that could top him in 2024. Oh, that, in the that, that crop, seriously, of, dude, that, the panache, that crop of of wannabes who are angling, already showing up here in New Hampshire. Tom, Tom Cotton, Cotton, that fucking Nikki Haley, Lindsey feckless, Graham, feckless, warmongering piece of shit. Tom Cotton, Nikki Haley. Um, uh, you know, Pompeo, maybe. Dude, none of them are going to challenge the king if he wants to do it. He'll be he, a young 78, too. Oh, I will be the youngest, least dementia-ridden 78-year-old you've ever seen in your life, okay? None of them could take the emir on, Mike, in, in, in four years if he decides to do it. And he gave the – a lot of people are uh, talking about he gave the blessing to Romney's relative there, Rona McDaniel, who's GOP chair. And wants her to serve again. Normally, a president doesn't get involved with that, Mike. Like talking about who they want to be the chair, or well, he's looking ahead to twenty twenty two and beyond. Right, and she's she's she has shown fealty to the emir. He's not going anywhere. Mm-mm. So we had seventy 
75 plus million or whatever the number was vote for the king so that doesn't just go away because biden is, is inaugurated in, in next in uh january no if we look at it that like doesn't just go away 73 million four hundred and twenty five thousand eight hundred and seventy nine votes so he got almost what five or six million more than he got last time in 2016 yeah, and twenty. Let me see what he got. So he. So remember the seventy-three-four he got this year, and then in sixteen he got sixty-three million. So is it ten million? Yes. Yeah, sixty-three million. Oh, so he, dude, so he got. So he got almost ten and a half million more votes this time. <laughs> hold on, than he hold did on before you confirm that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crooked, crooked won the popular vote last time. She, she got did. sixty-five point eight. And the Amir got 62.9. Yeah, so exactly, Mike, 10. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He opted big time. How did he do that? <laughs> there were so many people who were like, they're just so disgusted with the whole process that they voted for him. Right, you and know? they don't even necessarily agree with him or like him. No, a lot of people are, are disgusted by him, but they yeah. voted for him. I know. And now Biden's talking about naming uh, uh, Crooked Hillary to be his UN ambassador. Did you see that? Yeah, I'm hearing rumbles about that. I'm not surprised at all, man. It will f fulfill her fucking, you know, it will fulfill her prophecy. Her how much bill. more money can the Clinton Foundation get grifting around the what, globe? How, yeah, how much more can they grift? How many more countries can they destabilize and ruin? How many more people can they kill? How many more children can they kidnap and fucking traffic? Does Chelsea, like, have another wedding coming up that we don't know about? Or, like, is she, <laughs> is she already divorced and she has alimony that she has God. to pay? Like, who, who really know. knows? How about know. Gavin Newsom cucking out in California? Yeah, dude? What, what, is that what, lobbyist? what is he saying about people in their holidays and your Thanksgiving and Christmas? You can only have a certain amount of people, but he's do as I say, not as I do. You can't have people from, uh, what, ten, five, five different households or – five you know five unique households he met with this lobbyist who he's been friends with for years he had dinner with him and they were from multiple households so look you know look i understand people have different points of views on on covid on coronavirus i'm not a scientist i'm not a doctor maybe i would like to have a scientist or a doctor or a healthcare professional on to talk about it publicly i've certainly talked to many of them behind the scenes about this whole fucking covid deal um but if you're a politician and you are overlording over millions of people and telling them what to do, and you can't even fucking follow that, you know, yeah. then what the fuck? Right. Fuck you. Yeah. You have no credibility. So Gavin Newsom, you know, he, he, he went to a super spreader event. It was a super spreader event. <laughs> but it was a lobbyist dinner with a bunch of fucking assholes with a lot of money currying <laughs> favor who don't who don't really don't care about old people getting the virus. They're the first ones who are like, You're gonna kill my grandmother, you're gonna kill the elderly person that I came in contact with at the bakery. And they're a bunch of fucking assholes because they're not following the shit that they're preaching. So fuck them. Yeah, Darren's like, so fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Cabin. Anyways, we took a road trip recently, and we did take the COVID test. Yeah, we finally we did both, one. We both we both passed the COVID test, didn't we? Not only did we not have COVID, we've never had it. We took one of those instant tests, tests, testicles, where you prick your finger and then you drop a good amount of your blood. It looks like a pregnancy test. Yeah, you have the antibodies, and then you shake it up, baby. COVID and shout. Shake it up, baby. I don't got gout, you know. And you look at it, 
and uh, you know we were, we both had to be recorded on a, on a Zoom video chat because we were involved in a, in a production. We had to go on set with people for a week, and uh, Mike and I did not test positive for COVID, and we never have had it, which is so incredible. Don't let it run your life. Don't let it control you. You can beat it with filet of fish or a double cheeseburger or 20 nuggets or maybe a Diet Coke or maybe the apple pie. It's hard to say what it is, but don't let it control your life. You know, Mike? A Diet Coke infusion. I know. I know. Dude, Remdesivir. What is it, Mike? Remdesivir? Remdesivir. Regeneron? I mean, dude, they had the king, when the king went to uh, Walter Reed, he was on a cocktail of uh, anti-COVID drugs. I mean, we just know what, what they told us that they put him on, but we don't actually, I mean, we don't really know everything about his trip to Walter Reed. And I've actually spent a week at Walter Reed Army Hospital down there. My One of my best friends, uh, he's an Army veteran. And uh, he had a he had a head injury, and he was recovering and convalescing at Walter Reed, and that lined up with my spring break of my sophomore year at Franklin Pierce and Ringe, and um, I had the money, I had the time off. He had a place for me to crash. He's like, dude, why don't you come down to D.C., come hang out for a week? And I hadn't been to D.C. since, so that was 2008. I hadn't been there since what year was it? 2001 during American Heritage Tour. So I hadn't been there in like seven years. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to come to DC, do some of the tourist shit, go to Capitol Hill, um, you know, look around, check out the monuments, go to the mall, go to the museums. Um, And he had a connection to the Pentagon uh, through Department of Defense, through the Army, the Wounded Warriors thing. And he was actually able to get us in to the Pentagon, no problem. And we went into the Pentagon and I hadn't, I'd obviously never been there. And I was just curious about the layout of it and what it looked, what it actually looked like. Cause I really only had images of the Pentagon in my mind from TV and nine 11 and, and you know what I knew from that. So we went there and we went to the Pentagon. I didn't realize it was essentially a budding Arlington cemetery. Um, so that was kind of, that's kind of a surreal, that's just a real image to see to go down there to the Pentagon and Arlington cemetery. And it's like, essentially they're essentially neighbors. So you're looking at the epicenter that creates war that presides over war policy. uh, You know, that has all the homicidal maniacs who want you to learn to love the bomb and stop worrying. And a lot of people, you know, are just going to end up across the street at this graveyard in the cemetery, but we're going to put a nice ribbon on it. We're going to put a medal on their grave. We're going to celebrate him. It's going to be great. And we're going to lie about the reason why we're sending him over to die. But uh, as long as we wrap the flag in it and we call it patriotic and everything like that, it's not really a big deal. You know, it's, it's, it's all good. So that, that kind of, that struck me. That was one of the first things that really struck me about going to the Pentagon was seeing how close it was to Arlington and actually seeing all of those white uh, headstones of, of, of American casualties who have died died in wars um, in the history of America being a Republic, which was amazing. But uh, yeah, going to the Pentagon, the Pentagon's like its own, it's like its own planet. And it just go kind of seemingly goes on and on forever with the corridors and the hallways. 
and then you're going up and down flights of stairs and there's restaurants, there's barber shops. Um, you know, you, once you're in there for a little while, you forget that you're in this like contained, contained building in this contained beehive. Like it's like a hive and it was kind of surreal, but, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of outrageous being able to go there and see that and, uh, go to the Pentagon and check it out and look around. And we, we uh, made our way into, I think we got into Donald Rumsfeld's office. Was he still Secretary of Defense in 2008? I need to look that up. Let's see, Donald Rumsfeld. Who's an old fuck now, man. Rumsfeld is, uh, that guy's was, he turned 88 in July. God, he's fucking old. Rumsfeld, man. I wish more people knew knew more about Donald Rumsfeld. Which, and uh, funny funny enough, he uh, Gary Johnson's his neighbor in New Mexico. Gary Johnson claims to be his neighbor. He says, "Oh, Donald Rumsfeld's one of my neighbors." All right, let's see when Rumsfeld was recently Secretary of Defense. All right, no, so I'm wrong. He was he was in there from January '01 to December of '06. He was preceded by William Cohen. Let's see when William Cohen was in there. Um, no, got that wrong. Rumsfeld. Oh, Gates. Okay, succeeded by Gates. Robert Gates, he's a deep state ghoul. Okay, so Gates was Secretary of Defense during that. So, yeah, we I think we got into Gates' office, and he had, like, these these fancy Secretary of Defense napkins on his desk. And I asked the tour guide if I could take one. He said, yeah, sure. Take one of them. So I took one and had it in my wallet for a while. And then we, we were on the tour. Our tour guide said, we can't, we walked by an office and it looked like there was, a, there was a meeting, not looked like there was a meeting in progress. And I think it was with the undersecretary of defense. So it was like, someone who had some power and some sway there in the Pentagon. And, uh, you know, it could, it could have been, uh, Gordon England or William Lynn who were Rumsfeld's, or I'm sorry, were Gates's uh, deputies. It's probably one of them. I said, Hey, any chance that I could go in there as a taxpayer and tell them how I feel about the Iraq war and foreign policy and what we're doing all around the world. And the guy kind of looked at me and my friend and said, no, <laughs> I knew it was outrageous. It was outrageous to say that, but um, I don't know. It was kind of a Jesse Ventura moment, you know, when uh, on the off chance, so for whatever weird reason, Jesse Ventura is allowed into the Pentagon. Could I come in there and say what's on my mind? Could I talk about policy? Could I ask the people who make decisions about sending other people's children to war or why we went to that war and then present them with counter evidence against going into that war? So it was... It's kind of kind of a moment like that, but um, yeah, going to the Pentagon that was that was definitely interesting, and I'm glad I went. I don't know if I'll ever go into the Pentagon ever again in my life, but going there once just you know it might be enough, Mike. You know, I've never been inside the Pentagon, but I went outside it a couple times. It is very eerie, and. Uh, yeah, your stories of being in there, you know, talking about how it's basically like a mall within a mall with food courts and offices and, you know, basically corridors of power and, you know, rooms where they make all these decisions that send these young people to go off and die. Um, 
the reason why Eric and I continue to talk about foreign policy and issues of war and peace so much is that, you know, our generation, we're 34. So from 2001 to 2004, we saw a lot of our contemporaries sign up to fight in the Middle East and go to Iraq. And uh, that's why we continue to talk about it because it's still a real thing. It's also related to New Hampshire's opioid epidemic issue and, and opioid issues around the country. If, if, you know, a lot of our soldiers didn't get hooked on opioids in the Middle East, they sure did afterwards when they came back. And that's a very real thing that plagues and haunts families another generation from that, you know, to this day. So, you know, I think there's something to be said to, about that. And it should it continue to be talked about. And Joe Biden's vote for the Iraq war, not just his vote, but his, his willingness to suppress any kind of dissent or any kind of discussion um, during the hearings about the lead up to the Iraq war, when he had a very powerful position on the Senate, um, you know, foreign relations committee, I think that should be talked about. I think it's worthwhile. Um, I think it, it is something that should still continue to be talked about. And I think people who, who are very happy that he's been elected, uh, he, he's now president elect should think about that, hold him accountable for it. And going forward, when there's any kind of pro-war posturing coming out of the Biden administration from Kamala Harris or Susan Rice or whatever fucking cabinet person he has in there, they should think twice about it. And, you know, it's interesting to see now, now that Trump is leaving, he, he knows the writing's on the wall. He knows he's leaving. Um, he's going to be out of there in, you know, just over two months. So, so, so Donald Trump has two months to, lower troop levels in certain countries or actually vacate troops completely from hot zones like Afghanistan. Donald Trump has the authority, Eric, to actually... There's 64 more days. <laughs> yes, to actually order troops out of Afghanistan. Do you think he's going to do anything? Oh, God. I don't know, man. That's a big meme with, like, really, like, libertarian-minded MAGA people who have completely just sold out and been like, I'm all in for the MAGA train. But they don't... Are they not honest about the fucking sanctions that Trump has issued against Iran and Russia and all these other countries and how war, his posturing and then murdering Soleimani. I mean, that was, that was outrageous. Which we talked about in the podcast with Stephen Kinzer 10 months ago. Jesus Christ. I would do it. I would, didn't sleep for a few days, man. After he blew Soleimani out of the water, I was like, Oh my God, we're going to Netanyahu and, and APAC and all of them. They're going to, they're going to finally get their fucking, ground war with Iran that they've been hard for for so long and they're going to get the United States to do it and they're going to get young men and women from America to fucking die for it but it didn't yeah. happen I couldn't believe it didn't happen Mike I really Bolton was so sad that it didn't happen Elliot I, Abrams and Pompeo those motherfuckers I really thought it was going to happen Mike I did too I was I was actually genuinely worried about that too Eric I was too yeah but but like I was saying Trump so this, this is, you know, I go back, I go back and forth on this because the dude has maintained empire. He's kept the bombs going. The war in Yemen, he, God, he's Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia to the teeth. Saudi Arabia couldn't have been given, given a bigger fucking green, green light to continue their genocide in Yemen. Um, his posturing with Iran, killing Soleimani, um, you know, what he's done in Latin America, trying to back up Juan Guaido. The coup the, in Venezuela. Yeah, Venezuela. Um, 
not really pulling out of Afghanistan. Syria, I mean, God, he didn't launch a ground war in Syria, did he? I think Trump was very content to let Russia kind of just grab the reins on Syria and, and be, be the superpower that deals with that fucking headache. And what a, what a headache Syria is for, for Russia, Russia, they're in there. They have, they're dealing with the Israelis and they're dealing with the Turks and they're dealing with Assad. And it's a fucking mess, dude. And you know what? Trump, any inclination he wants to just get us out of that mess and get us away from it. Dude, I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. But, um, can, can we call him Mike the least warlike president in our 34 years? I think we can say that he's the only president who hasn't started a new war, a new ground war. He's, he's continued the ones that Bush and Obama left him and he's reshuffled some troops from here and there and, you know, dropped plenty of bombs. Um, but he did, he didn't, he did not start something like Iraq or Afghanistan regime change. he, He didn't launch like an all out regime change war. So yeah, that it's a it's a tough one. Our friends at Media Roots, I think they cover it very honestly. Abby Martin and Robbie Martin, <laughs> they really they, do. Yeah, and you talk, did a great you did a great spot on Media Roots, Mike, recently. Yeah, they they wanted me, uh, Robbie wanted me to come on as Alex Jones, and we had a lot of fun doing that. So um, I think it's great that Joe Rogan uh, still w- will let his fr- old friend Alex Jones come on, his friend of twenty years. He's not giving in to the Spotify. Um, or is it Spotify that, that signed the hundred Spotify woke mob tyranny? Yeah. The, yeah. The woke mob fucking, uh, cocks, the leftist fucking cocks at Spotify who, who don't want a dissenting view from their preconceived NPR brunch. Um, you know, pre-recorded pre-spot, you know, live shot that they have. They cannot, they cannot literally, there's nothing else that can exist beyond that. There's well, no they, other speech. They can't hear it. It's, it will hurt their feelings. As Jason Burma says, the best way to combat bad speech is with more speech. Mm. So you hear something you don't like, you hear something you disagree with, something that you think is intolerable, well, speak up against it and talk about it and have a robust debate because that's what a fucking democracy is all about, folks. Okay? You don't like what Alex Jones has to say? Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of shit that Alex Jones says that's stupid, that's totally false, that is, is like you can't even believe he said it, but he still has a right to say it. So you, you, you let the big techs cancel Alex Jones. Who's next? Mm. What happens when they come for you? You know What, dude, what happens forget, when your opinion is a little bit too beyond the pale? To forget, be, a, forget about the First Amendment, Mike. We don't even need that anymore. Let Zuckerberg, let Google. Jack let Dorsey. YouTube, let Jack Dorsey. Let them determine what, what is First Amendment appropriate for you and your little fucking baby ears. How you about know? Jeff Bezos and Amazon and Washington yeah. Post? I want them to put me to bed with warm milk. Yeah. Let them coddle me. Yeah. They're like, democracy dies in the dark. Yeah, unless, the- we, unless we overthrow it. It dies in the dark. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Kiss my fucking ass, Washington Post. Yeah. Okay? Exactly. Wow. No, we, we need to actually keep fighting for and promoting freedom of speech. That's the reason our little upstart, you know, podunk podcast exists. And there's been 10,000 downloads and there's people globally that listen to us. And I hope you still continue to. And, you know, we, we may not get everything right all the time. You may disagree with us. But you know what? We're coming at you from an honest place, how we really feel about this. We don't have corporate sponsors. There's nobody in some boardroom on the 13th floor dictating what we say. We say what we feel. 
and we say, you know, we hopefully put a mirror up to the zeitgeist to what's going on. And beyond that, you know, I don't know. I'm not privy to the decisions that are made at Bohemian Grove. We're not privy <laughs> about the CFR. We're not privy about the fucking uh, trilateral commission. We're not, we're not privy to, to, you know, these, these elite gatherings that, that go on. Although they've been canceled because of COVID, supposedly, so that's good. Yeah, we don't want Kissinger's high risk, man. I don't want Stacey Abrams and Mike Pompeo not be able to talk about on a boat in a castle about foreign policy for the next three years without me weighing in on it. I don't want that. Right, and Stacey Abrams is the savior in Georgia now, Mike, who's going to help flip the Senate blue. Well, she's governor in exile. She's the (laughs) governor in exile. What did her and and Jared Kushner talk about at Bilderberg last year? That's oh my, my question. So she was definitely there, Can somebody there, from the woke mob ask her that question? She was at Bilderberg. Stacey Abrams, 100% confirmed? Yeah, 100%. Was that the one where they went out on the boat? Some fucking yes. weird... Which Jared oh. Kushner was at and Mike Pompeo. So can you tell me what the three-way looked like between Mike Pompeo, Stacey Abrams, and Jared Kushner? <laughs> All right. Like, was so that like, a, like an Kush- intersectional, interracial, interwoke? Was, Kushner was getting pegged. He was definitely getting pegged because he's used to that anyways from Ivanka and Trump. And then Stacey Abrams was, I think she was the top and Pompeo was some kind of bottom. And then below that was Kushner getting pegged. And Henry Kissinger was working on a new Viagra prototype on the bottom in the rudder. You know, just look at that. I don't know. Unbelievable, Mike. Beyond that, I don't have anything else to say. You know, I think the, the Q bullshit has been shown to be a LARP. It's false which we always knew it was, you know, Robbie Martin thinks it's Steve Buscemi, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Steve Buscemi, yeah. I kind of agree with him on that. His Mike. appearance in InfoWars dude talking about the oh, watermark ballots, are yeah, you kidding he, me? He's there with uh, um, Owen Schroyer. Owen Schroyer is there lapping up his balls and like, you know, saying this is the gospel and it's like, dude, it's, it, it's a dude, big The lark. states have different process. They have a different process for how they count and how they sort out ballots. Yeah, and where their ballots come from. Yeah, I know. Again, it's another thing of everybody believing one boiler template but not actually doing any of their own research, which is the MAGA people are guilty of that, and so are the Biden people. Yeah. So over the next four years, as President Biden comes in, you better fucking believe you're going to be hearing from the Jackman brothers about Susan Rice. You better fucking believe you're going to, hear, you're going to be hearing about Kamala Harris. You better fucking believe you're going to be hearing about Joe Biden's Iraq war vote and any kind of war that they want to shove on the American people they want to take your tax dollars. They want to send your children and your fucking grandchildren to fight in their wars in the Middle East. You better fucking believe the one place you're going to hear about it is from us. You're not going to hear about it from Wolf Blitzer. You're not going to hear about it from Rachel Maddow. You're not going to hear about it from Sean Hanley. You will hear about it from this little podcast in New Hampshire. And that's what I'm going to keep doing as long as I have breath in my body. Amen, Mike. And if you want to support us, just like us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Patreon. Send us five bucks a month. You know, a cup of coffee. If you, you know, sacrifice a burnt cup of coffee from Starbucks and, you know, become a patron patron to Jackman Radio. It's patreon.com slash Jackman Radio. This has been fun, Mike. We've got a lot more to come. So many amazing things and cool projects we have coming up. Um, stuff we're going to talk about. And you're right, Mike. We're not going to shut up about this. And we're going to hold everybody accountable whoever is in power we're going to hold you to account if you flew on epstein's jet you're not fucking safe from the jackmans if you're at bohemian grove you're not safe from the jackmans if you're at bilderberg group you're not safe from the jackmans we're going to find out who you are and we're going to fucking talk about it i don't care if you have a d or r next to your name because quite frankly you all have a golden sax next to your name 
So I'm Eric Jackman. I'm one of the hosts of Jackman Radio. I appreciate you listening. And I'm Mike Jackman. Thank you guys so much. I love you. We'll talk to you soon.